Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. Hey, friends. This is Ashley from the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. Have you heard of us yet? No? Well, then jump on over to LimitlessBroadcasting.com to get the download on our show and many others. Our podcast is family-friendly and talking about all things Disney. Whether you go to the parks or just love binging Disney+, Plus, we are the podcast for you. So grab your pixie dust, think happy thoughts, and join us on your favorite podcasting platform. Your whole life can change in an instant. About 50 million adults in the United States have chronic pain. And because of a car accident, Robbie is one of them. In their marriage vows, Robbie and Sammy promise to stand by one another and provide strength when needed. And lately, they've been facing some of their biggest challenges. Join them as they share the ups and downs of living with chronic pain. You're listening to the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain podcast, season two, episode three, with your hosts, me, Sammy, and Robbie. Yes, you are. Welcome to the show. Yes. We've got an exciting one for you today. I am super pumped about this, and I feel like I'm going to get very worked up about it, but it's okay, because the important thing is that we're sharing what we have learned over the years. Yes, we are. So this episode, we're referring to as our Spidey Sense episode, which was Robbie's term for it. Yeah. And I liked the term. But it's basically following your gut when you're seeing a doctor or getting treatment and you feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. Or feel comfortable, because I'll talk about that a little bit too. But yeah, mostly the uncomfortable thing. I've seen a lot of doctors over the years where Mm -hmm. I'm just like, eh. Something is not right with you, especially after my surgery. My spidey sense is up when it comes to doctors. Yes. Because not all doctors are there to help you. I've I've learned from this experience. A lot of doctors, some doctors, I should say, not a lot, are there just for the money. Yes. They want to special. This is more to surgeons. They get paid when they do surgery. Mm-hmm. So you are just a number to them. Yes. To some of them, not all of them, but a lot of them, they want to do surgery and get you under the table. So before we 
dive in. Don't forget to go to limitlessbroadcasting.com and check out our merch store, links to our Patreon account, information about all of our other podcasts. And there's a donation button on there too if you're feeling very generous to help us out as well. Making content or media is not very... It's it's very expensive actually. Yes. It's not cheap. So Mm -hmm. make sure... Please go donate. That's what I'm trying to say is please go donate. Yes. Help us out. Help our network out. Thank you in Mm -hmm. advance. Also... Rate us on all your uh, podcast platforms. Like, mm-hmm. go there, write a review, rate us, give us a five. Five stars. That'd be great. On all your major uh, podcast platforms. That mm-hmm. really helps us out. That helps us get the word out. And helps us get more subscribers and more views. Yes. And a couple more things is sponsorship packages are available. You can give me. You can contact me via Instagram or you can... Contact me through email, robert at limitlessbroadcasting.com mm-hmm. if you're interested in advertising on our network. All right. So, so if you listened to our first season, which I'm hoping you did, if not, you should go back. There is an episode called, Is There a Doctor in the House? Part 1. And that is the episode where we really talk about your first surgery and our experience during it and then what happened afterwards that really started us on this path of trying to do more research yes and follow more of how we're how we feel yes. I guess when we go to appointments that was kind of the big trigger because we really learned not to let anybody pick your doctor for you <laughs> lawyer or otherwise yeah because it just the, Let me the whole thing you. just turned into a disaster. We've learned this from our mistakes. Yes. Because we trusted our attorney mm-hmm. and we were like, oh, they have our best interest in heart. They wouldn't do anything to hurt us. That's wrong. When it comes to an attorney, when it comes to surgeons, doctors, mm-hmm. I don't care, babysitters, <laughs> go with your gut. Yes. I agree. Your spidey sense. Uh, if something doesn't feel right, it probably, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. So, continue. So, just as a quick reiteration, when you had your surgery done in 2018, you had a total disc replacement at C5, C6. So, that's cervical disc C5, C6. That's where the disc was placed. And, like I said, you can kind of hear all of our complaints in more depth if you go back to that episode. And re-listen to it because we have a lot more to talk about in this episode. So I don't want to rehash everything. So the first thing I want to talk about is very specific to we were seeing other doctors, you know, following the surgery and everything and trying to get you treatment. And we started pain management and all that stuff. And we would feel comfortable with doctors. And then we were trying to find a surgeon who we were hoping would go in and help with your neck pain because it got worse after the first surgery. Right. So we were trying to find someone who would go in and fix it. Fix it. Make you it feel out, better. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Just help me. Yeah. And Dr. Thomas has been helping us try and find surgeons, all of that. So we came across a particular surgeon who was the first one who said, yeah, I can go in and I can help you. But... The spidey sense was a tingling. 
Yeah, very much so. And we were not feeling comfortable with the correction that was being offered. So every surgeon we would go and see, you would tell them about, you had this disc replacement. We did so many x-rays of it and new MRIs and all that junk just to look at it. And then it's still in the same freaking place. Nothing's happened to it. It hasn't moved, but they all wanted to see if something happened to it. And you would tell every doctor that you had this severe neck pain and constant headaches. Right. Everywhere we go. That's Still what we do. talk about. Mm-hmm. Still do until this day. Yes. So we would contact surgeons and they, a lot of surgeons actually didn't even see us. We never even got a face-to-face with mm-hmm. these particular doctors because we would send over information. A lot of them, Dr. Thomas would help us kind of get the info out over to them. He would help us find them. And they would look through your MRIs. They would look through your case. They would read your operation report and say, it's too risky. We're not going to do it. Yep. And that was it. It was just, we're just not going to go in and reoperate. And that's the end of that. We did see that one neurosurgeon who was at the hospital when we went like downtown. Right. And that was at the teaching hospital. Yes. And we had high hopes for that appointment. Did not work out. But he said, oh, your best bet at this point, I don't know why you have all this pain, is a spinal cord stimulator. And that's what pain management had been saying. Right. But we couldn't get the insurance to cover it. Do you know how much a neurospine stimulator costs? They won't, number one, they won't let you make payments to it. Mm-hmm. So the trial... Just to just to see if they will work is five hundred. Yes, get that's fine. You can pay that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But let's say it works. Great. Now you're actually from the trial. You have to get it put into you. Mm-hmm. It the total cost of it is about a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's from anesthesia mm-hmm. to. Doctor prices to mm-hmm. tuning it, the yeah. whole nine mm-hmm. out the door. Yes, and they need that paid up front. Yeah, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, and we were literally because everyone was saying this was the only option. We were just like, okay, is there some way we can figure out how to pay out of pocket? Is there some way we can finance it, get a loan? And then there was the whole conversation about, okay, if we did this, you would have this device. Forever. I yes. mean, this would be the end of it. Like, there would be no coming back from it. Right. You would have to charge yourself every day. You'd have to basically forever. Plug, plug. What you do is you have this device, you lay it on the bed, you plug it in, and then you, the person, has to lay on it for about 90 minutes to charge up the spinal cord stimulator. And you have to do that for the rest of your life. Yeah. So that was another big conversation about doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. And having to travel with extra stuff and all of that. Can't just leave town anymore. You got to mm-hmm. leave town with your charging device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just, we couldn't really commit to that idea. We never got around to being well, fully on board with it. That and the insurance was well, yeah, a big I mean, problem. Oh, we couldn't really pay for it. So that was another thing. But even so, I mean, we've always had the back and forth about if it's covered, right. do you really want to do it, all of that. Right. So we came across a doctor who said, yeah, I can go in there and I can do a fusion. So I actually went back to find the notes of what the plan was. It also was something that 
you saw him, and then it was like, I think in like two months, you would be on going in for the surgery, I think if I remember correctly. Right. So he said he was going to go in and remove the artificial disc, which when I was reading the notes, I also typed in here when I was setting up for the show that they spelled disc wrong, which... Did they really? Yeah. Okay. I did not they, know that. They spelled it like, like D-I-S-K, but it's a D-I-S-C. Right. It's spelled wrong. But he, they would remove the artificial disc and replace the b- replace with bone graft with plates and screws at C5 through 6. And then possibly at C6 and 7, which would be below. And C4 through 7, possibly all the way down into T1, which would be right at the top of his next spinal... What do I want to say? Spinal cord. Yeah, well, no, not spinal cord, but... Like of your spine, basically the next section. Okay. Because there's C and T and L. So that they would go in and they would do bilateral rhizotomies. I don't know if I said that right, but I looked that up because I was like, I think that just means the nerve burning thing. And that's what it is. It's the radio frequency ablation. So that's when they go in and they use heat to reduce or stop the transmission of pain. So it burns the nerve that causes the pain to stop the pain signals essentially. So all of this is what they had put down. They were going to do. And then he said, yeah, we're going to do it at our outpatient surgical center. That was the first big thing that I remember you and I kind of looking at each other. And then I was like, excuse me, we did this once. Number one, that was really hard for me to deal with the first surgery and really hard for you to deal with at the first surgery. Right. Secondly, I'm slightly confused because a lot of these doctors have said it's a big deal to go in again anywhere in his neck at this point that one doctor even told us it was like a bleeding risk. I remember that you have to bleeding swallowing and my voice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those but are I, the three major concerns. I remember specifically like right before that we had had one doctor who was just like really big on like extra bleeding and all that. So you'd have to be admitted. So we were just like, I'm a little confused why you think that I should just go home after this because no one else has said that. And he's just like, Oh no, it's fine. But if you really want to be admitted, we can do that. And I'm thinking, Hold on a second. What? Right. Like, are you are you serious right now? Like, if you really want to be admitted, it's fine. That's right. Yeah, and I just that was the big thing, and I'm just like, I'm not feeling too hot about this whole. It's not really a big deal. He can just go home because that feels like. Let me just get you in and out. Like you were saying, you're like you're a number. number. Yeah, that was my first big flag, and then when I started really thinking about it, I'm just like. I feel like that's a lot going on that he wants to do, and it's not a big deal, but it's a big deal right? to us and to me. Right. <laughs> it's just, uh, okay. So ever since we had gotten the first surgery done, every time we would go to a new doctor or be referred to a new practice, whatever, I would Google them every time. Right. So, of course, I Googled this particular doctor and saw that he had a malpractice suit against him from another state that was literally across the country, and he lost, and that he had a history of narcotic abuse and actually was removed from the OR one time because he could not perform because he was high. Yes, he was. Now, listen. I'm all about people getting second chances, and I understand addiction is a disease. It's hard for people, and they deserve to be rehabilitated and not be looked down upon forever. Totally on board with this, okay? 
But first of all, I had to Google this information to find out about it and find out he moved across the country. That automatically, I was like, mm. He's hiding something. It just seems sketch. And I just am not really down with having my husband be another guinea pig and or possible mistake for somebody. Sorry. I know everyone's not perfect. We're all humans. But this isn't like he had a malpractice suit and it just was something went wrong in surgery and it just, you know, it just happened. Like, you literally got pulled out of an OR because you were high on narcotics. I I cannot really bring my goodness in my heart to allow you to continue your good numbers with my husband. <laughs> to go in and operate and be like, it's no big deal. Yeah. We're just, just going to send you home afterwards. So it just kind of compounded and compounded on itself. And like I said, that he never really went over the risks associated with the surgery that everybody else has told us about, literally. Every single doctor that we have talked to who turned him down, who actually saw us and still turned us down, you know, whether we were in the office or not, has said the same thing. Right. There is a risk. These are the risks. This was not discussed. This was not brought up at any of the appointments at all. Yeah. And then on top of that, do you remember the staff? Yeah. How they, they literally would call and text me constantly for your appointments. Yes. And they would make appointments for you, and you had no idea that there was an appointment scheduled because no one actually contacted you. Right. But what I remember is they would constantly call my phone and send me messages, and I told them, this is not Robert's phone number. This is his phone number. I know you have it on file because we've given it to you. And then they would still continue to contact me until I yelled at one of them. (laughs) I do remember Yes, you remember? I yelled at one of them because I got Mm -hmm. tired of it. I had just had enough. I'm just like, I don't understand why you guys are so stupid and cannot get this right. I I do not want you bothering me anymore. And then didn't they tell you about it? Oh, yeah. When you went, that I yelled at them. I don't feel bad. You know, this is not too long ago this happened. But mm-hmm. it feels like it's a lifetime ago. It does. It, yeah. It was that we went through all of just this. a yeah. little bit before COVID mm-hmm. started mm-hmm. and we were dealing with this. I mean, th- thinking about it and actually reliving it, I'm just like, man, that's that wasn't too long ago. Yeah, it was like the end of 2019. Right. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you have anything else to add about that particular doctor? No, I think you summed him up. It just, it really makes I, me angry to think about it. I was getting pushed into seeing him mm-hmm. by a couple of people. Mm-hmm. And one of the people that were really pushing me in, I really enjoyed seeing them. They just kept pushing me into the, seeing this guy. And that's the reason why I had to end my like professional relationship with him mm-hmm. is because he just kept saying, oh, this is the doctor I would see. If I was in pain. Yeah. It just was awkward. It was very awkward. Because I just, you don't want to be like, listen, I know you get along with him and everything, but I think something's wrong with him and I don't trust him as a physician. Right. Which is what it was. And after finding out what he did and he moved across country to get away from it, we felt like he was trying to run from his path. Mm -hmm. And that was... Another big red flag. Yeah. And I mean, I know they don't, it's not like you sit down with every doctor and they disclose every discretion, indiscretion. 
that they've had or anything. But it's public record. You can Google them, and I highly encourage you to do so. Right. Where you can see malpractice suits and whatnot. And like I said, there there's probably some out there where you read it, and you're just like, okay, well, That's it's not going to deter me from seeing this doctor. But there's others that you may want to think twice. I mean, like Sammy said, we are all about second chances. Yes. We vote for the underdog in the movie. Mm-hmm. But there are some indiscretions you're just like, eh. That's a bit much. Because at the end of the day, if you died because they sent you home. Right. What with the, three days of pain medicine and then said you're fine. I mean, who would have to live with that? That's an, Yeah, that's another thing I was worried about is I'm just going to go home. And then they're going to do like three days of pain medication. And I'm just going to be stuck like we did the last time. Yep, which is literally the exact same thing that happened and the first time. I was not about that life. Mm-mm. Not at all. No. So that was a spidey sense. We said bye-bye. In Healing from Within, Be Still and Know, the fourth and final edition, Dr. Robert C. Brooksby describes how we can reclaim and maintain our health when traditional medicine has failed us. Liberally peppered with case histories, Dr. Brooksby teaches us about our nature and how it's possible to work within our intrinsic energies to help us heal. Christ taught his disciples how to heal. We were supposed to have that knowledge, knowledge that has been lost to Western cultures. It was not supposed to be a secret. You can find a link to this book on our website at LimitlessBroadcasting.com. You can also find it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever you do your book shopping. And you've been other doctors where... Like, like integrity, I never had a bad feeling about them or anything. I had indifference, I almost feel like. Like, they offered some helpful suggestions, but at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, they don't really take our insurance. This is like PIP benefits. Right. And I feel like we're not going to be able to continue this. So, right. what's the point? Exactly. It's kind of where I got with them. And then we saw that other doctor we got referred to, and I can't remember his name, but he was really cool and nice. Right. Yeah. Okay. He was really great. But again, it was like the same thing. He's like, well, I can only take your PIP benefits. And it's like, we're not really looking to do letters of protection and right. all that really jazz. Cool. Yeah. He, he was really, I had a good feeling about him, but it just wasn't meant to be. So, right. You know, and that happens too sometimes. I did have some notes about pain management, which we'll just kind of touch on because I know you said you wanted to spend a, more of an episode on there. But right. in this instance, okay. So Dr. Med is awesome. I love Dr. Med. I think he's a great doctor. I think he listens really well to you. And I think he does want to help you. Right. At the end of the day. But what he can do and what probably would be most helpful to you are possibly two different things at this point. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, you know, like we just, we don't want you to stay on medications. We don't want you to do injections for the rest of your life. Like we want to find something maybe that's a little more helpful. Yes. Yes. So that's Dr. Med. The nurse practitioner, who I won't name, I am not a huge fan of. She's nice, I guess, but I don't feel like she's particularly helpful. And It's really a waste of time to see her. I am confused sometimes about the point in seeing her when there have been times where you have brought up things that you had questions on or concerns about or whatever, and it was never passed along or the notes were not adequately kept in your chart. 
So weeks and months would go by and we wouldn't know what was going on with whatever your question was or whatever we're trying to get done. Like mm-hmm. maybe something approved, whatever. Right. And it's like it, because she didn't write it down or let anybody know that it needed to be taken care of. Right. That really frustrated me because it just felt like she didn't listen as well and the follow through was lacking. Not to mention the billing department over there. I feel like you have to constantly be on top of because I don't think they know what they're doing or pay attention to it. Like, Do you remember, not to interrupt her. No, you're good. When they would say I was approved for something. I literally wrote this down in here. But yes. then I wouldn't actually be approved. Right. Yeah. Or the insurance would say, we didn't, they didn't talk to us yeah, about that. Yeah, we get like a letter of denial. Like, okay, I'm confused. Like, I don't know how many procedures you went into and we kept asking did the new insurance approve this? Yeah, yeah, you're good. And then I'll get notifications or look in the app, and it's like, they're no, like, no, you're not network. This. We're not paying for this. We didn't, we denied this. And then on top of that, do you remember with the spinal cord simulator? So they literally told you the insurance approved it, and we had new insurance. So we're like, oh, right. cool. Okay, they approved it. That's not even really what happened because I told them, I don't see anything in the app, I don't see anything about it in here. Can you please call Aetna and find out? And Aetna's like, what are you talking about? And I don't know anything about this. Because they were like, oh, yeah, because you have a letter of protection for it. What? what? We are not getting a letter of protection for 130000 Well, I think it was higher than that. What they actually, actually you're us. right. It was actually 140000 Yeah, I was going to say $140,000 that, guess what, when the PIP benefits run out, and we don't get anywhere with the ins- the claim the um, through the insurance or the lawsuit or anything. Who's going to have to pay that back? We are. No, no. So that was automatically nixed on our point. And ever since that, like they always annoyed me with the billing because they would do crap like this. They wouldn't bill it correctly. We constantly have to go back and be like, listen, United, when we had United Healthcare, they said you didn't submit the right codes, like all that jazz. But this really just rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like, we almost followed through on something that you told us was approved. And because we did due diligence. And we highly recommend you guys do this. Yes. Follow up on things. Things like that. You check up. Yes. Because there's always some shady stuff going on in the background. And do you get misinformation? I mean, when we went to the hospital for your procedure with Dr. Parnes, the nice lady at the check-in desk was like, oh, so you owe us $1,000 today. Which, of course, we're like, I'm sorry, what? What? Yeah. From who my, who from, told you this? <laughs> for my procedure, when she brought that up, yeah. I only almost walked out. I was like, yeah. I don't know. But I said, okay. So I'm like, can we get billed later for this? And she said, yeah, you know, they'll work with you. You can work out payment plans, whatever. But that was one of those cases where we never have gotten a bill, actually, never. from them. Because whatever the insurance covered, they covered it. So Things like that. Like, don't always just go with what you're told because sometimes they don't really know what they're talking about, even though they work in the billing department or the information they have in front of them. Like, for her, in her case, I think at the hospital, she just was going off of what she was kind of pro, like the preliminary billing, what mm-hmm. she could see. Right. But it wasn't, it wasn't like she knew for sure because everything had to be submitted and all that. So, right. you know, and she had told us that the price may change and all that when they actually submit it. But, Always double check on things, especially when you feel like it doesn't sound quite right. Right. Absolutely. Because yeah. uh, it's a lot of money. So, And then the the last thing I had on here was when you have good feelings. Okay. So you're not totally negative <laughs> in this Spidey Sense episode. For instance, the first day you ever saw Dr. Thomas, 
you had a good feeling about him. Yes. And that's continued forever. I mean, I actually have to owe that to you because when this first happened, mm-hmm. I wanted to go back home and I was going to, yeah. I was bound and determined to go back home and mm-hmm. see a doctor back there. And Sammy was like, how about we take a step back and check out Orlando to see if there's an actual doctor that does what your dad did. Cause I couldn't believe Orlando or anywhere in Florida would not have a osteopathic physician that did manipulation. And we found Dr. Thomas, and yep. ever since then, how long have we been going to see him? Like well, I mean, I've, since pretty close to the beginning, so the end of 2017, so more than three years. So, yeah, we've been on a patient from him for a while. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, we have another episode coming up about the Mayo Clinic, so things yeah. are, we have a good feeling about them. Yeah, he was actually my next one, Dr. Chen, is who we saw at the Mayo Clinic. And, again, we're going to do a whole thing about it, but... That was one of those, I don't know when, like, when we went to the Mayo Clinic, for one, it's probably just because you're, like, in awe of the Mayo Clinic <laughs> the building itself. I don't know if you or if you ever get a chance to go see it, the Mayo Clinic, or oh go my there. goodness. You're going to just be in awe. Because it's, I didn't know how big it was. I just thought it was a simple clinic. I don't know no. where you got that from. I knew it would no. be big, but it's, it's impressive when you're there. And you and, just walk in and you just, you have a good feeling. About it. Yeah. Like, about being there. Like you just have a, a comfort, I guess. They do they they do a lot for you to have that comfort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this doctor was, uh, like when the appointment started, we were just like, oh, here we go again. Because it's like, okay, let me do, they do what they call review of systems where they test to see his, I guess like your strength and everything on left versus right because he complains about having some weakness and then he goes over, like, the MRIs and everything. And he's like, well, the disc is here, and it does look like it's doing what it's supposed to do. And you were just sitting here like. Oh, here's another one. Yeah, this is what they all do. They all start off with, okay, I looked at this, and I looked at that. But I don't know. It was something when I was sitting there. I'm just like, when he was talking, I just had this feeling. I'm just like, but he's going to have a but. It's coming. Like, today is going to be the day. You know, like, you have to have that positive feeling. And uh, you know, obviously we had a good outcome yep. from that. And he was the first doctor, surgeon, I should say. Surgeon, yes. Who That's thoroughly key. explained what he actually thought was going on. Yes. And nobody has been able to give any sort of an answer. Right. Even yeah. if it's just, you know, it's a theory because obviously he doesn't know for sure. But the theory he gave, no one has been able to even come close to that. And he gave multiple theories as well. Yes. And but, no surgeon has been able to do that either. Yeah. And everything he talked about, it just, none of it came across as sketchy. And he explained everything in detail about if we do this, this is the risk with this. If we do that, you know. And like I said, we'll get into more detail when we actually talk about the Mayo Clinic. But it it was such a big turnaround from that, everything we had done. That will be its own episode. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that that I don't know if we'll cry again. There may be tears. <laughs> we'll see. It's going to probably be an emotional conversation. But I'm excited to talk about that because it was just. I think the stuff that's yeah. happened at the Mayo Clinic actually hasn't hit me all the way yet. Yeah, I I believe that. Yeah. Because I'm still going through, like, um, all the emotions or going through the day-to-day stuff, and it just yeah. hasn't really hit me yet. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that'll be its own episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. There's a lot to come about the Mayo Clinic. But, yeah. Future. But that's an example of. Good feelings. 
Yeah, everybody there. They're so nice there. And like they are everybody. top of the line equipment. Oh, my goodness. Like, the the front desk was nice. And then the waiting area was, like, so freaking nice. And they had comfortable chairs everywhere. That's a sign right there. Oh, yeah. None of these, like, crappy office chairs. Like, Dr. Thomas has pretty decent seats, I have to say. Yeah. To sit out there. It's not bad. Yeah. But, you know, like the Mayo Clinic, you're just like, all right, you know, like this is not bad to sit in. No problems. You're in the big leagues right now. Mm-hmm. Go upstairs and they had nice comfy chairs. Like everything was just so nice. Yes. Oh. Very much so. And even like, you know, you go to doctor's offices and even if the staff is nice or whatever, but you'll have those patients that are just, I don't know, you can just tell they're like mad at everybody and they're cranky. I feel like everybody there was just like happy <laughs> now it's not great to be at the Mayo clinic obviously something's wrong with you but you know do you get like no, what i'm saying like what the saying. patients were happy the staff was happy and yeah right it's a very uplifting atmosphere the mayo clinic right yeah. like like we said another episode will come from mm-hmm. that we'll but, dive into that but that's a example of happy feelings mm-hmm. so yeah you have to take the good with the bad yeah and basically what we're saying with this episode is just tr- trust your gut yes if it feels right, it feels right. If mm-hmm. it doesn't, more often or not, there's a reason why it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And and even like we were talking about like with integrity and stuff, if, it, if you're like indifferent about it, I would pay attention to that too. Because maybe it's not like there's something wrong with going to see them, but maybe there's still another doctor out there that will give you that Extra good feeling. Umph. Yeah. You're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, and don't let providers or people in your life push you into going to see a doctor right it's your body mm-hmm. it's your health mm-hmm. my dad had as an expression remember who you are and what you stand for mm-hmm. i use that all the time yes and it fits right in mm-hmm. this so mm-hmm. all i'm saying is don't let people push you around yeah because it's it's like you said it's ultimately up to you yeah. And these things, the treatments, the surgeries, the medications are all happening to you. Right. So. I bet. I think that wraps it up. Yeah, I'm good. That's Th- what I wanted to say. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is another episode, our third episode of our second season. Mm-hmm. We still have a lot more shows for you to come. Yes. Be sure to rate us. And write a review on all your podcast platforms. Yep, podcasts. Mm -hmm. That definitely helps us out, get the word out about this. So if you know somebody that's dealing with chronic pain or emotional or any mental disorder. Anything that requires mm -hmm. them to go to a lot of doctors. Exactly. Anything like that. This show can help. Mm -hmm. So help somebody by rating us and writing Mm -hmm. a review. And definitely check out Mm LimitlessBroadcasting.com for all of our other podcasts. And definitely check out our another show on our podcast platform, the Pixie Dust Twins. She is one of the hosts. Yes. Like I said in the beginning, advertising packages are available. Mm -hmm. You can hit me up at Robert at LimitlessBroadcasting.com. Or you can hit me up on Instagram or all mm-hmm. of our social media. You can do that. Definitely subscribe to our Patreon account. 
mm-hmm. because producing content is not cheap. Mm-mm. And all your donations help us. And you get cool prizes. And you get cool prizes. Yeah. I'm going to turn it over to Sammy. And she's going to lead us out. All right. So, yes, like you just said, thank you again for tuning in to our third episode in season two of the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain podcast with me, Sammy. And, of course, the star of the show. One of the stars of the show. (laughs) Well, you're the reason why we had to do it. So, I mean, I know this is... I've been through all this, but it's an emotional ride for both Sammy and I. Very true. It's a lot. I mean, a lot of people just focus on me, but there is an emotional side for her as well. Mm -hmm. And we will dive more into that in season two. Yes. So. Yeah. So stay tuned. We'll have another episode coming out in two weeks. I have been teasing them, but I'm not prepared today. So I'm not 100% sure (laughs) what the episode will be about, but I know it's going to be great. Because they're all great. Yes, they are. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get a notification as soon as the new one comes out. And definitely follow us on YouTube. Yes. Limitless Broadcasting Network or company. Just type it in to YouTube. Mm -hmm. Hit subscribe. Thank you. Yeah, so we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain with Robbie and Sammy. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon. Broadcasting, reminding you to tune in to Limitless Broadcasting Network anywhere you get your podcasts from Apple Podcasts to Spotify. Check us out today.